Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hi, everybody. Okay, welcome back. Today, I'm going to give you a couple announcements, and then we're going to get into three fun stories. One about house paint, one about meds, and the other about the Buddha, because obviously... Okay, couple announcements. One, I am wanting to expand and grow the team of therapists, coaches, um, spiritual directors, everything that I'm getting to work with right now. So check out my website, elisesnipes.com. Would love to hear from you and find out what you're doing, what you're interested in, and if you would like to join the team. The idea is that we're going to be able to offer a wide variety of mental health and wellness professionals that will allow people access to a variety of approaches, modalities. Um, There'll be Enneagram coaches. There'll be people that you're able to do work with in whatever capacity you're looking for. That might be like a brief stint, and I just want to take a whole class on the Enneagram. Um, Or it might be the longer work of therapy. It might be entrepreneurial coaching. Whatever it is, um, it's all coming your way. So also, we made our website and that's kind of fun and fancy. So check it out again, www.elisesnipes.com. See what's going on there. Um, other announcements. Let's see. What was it? I feel like there was something else. Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be doing professional consultations. So I get people that ask a lot about, Hey, how did you get into remote therapy? How'd you build your team? Whatever. How are you building your practice? Just questions for other professionals. If you are looking to join a consultation phone call, or you just want to be able to like um, collaborate with like-minded professionals, pick my brain a little bit, you can sign up for that online as well. So again, all roads lead back to going to my website. So check that out. Um, other than that, happy spring. I'm excited to be here today and to talk about three different events, three different people I was working with this week and the three different stories that came up. Okay. The first one, I'm working with a woman and we are talking about the difference between when she has needed therapy or needed the help because things have been absolutely difficult, like beyond qualification, just radical, radical story, radical life, radical woman. Um, And that this time around in her work in therapy was this idea. She's like, you know what? I don't even like need to be here. And I'm not even sure what I'm totally working on, but it's a different feeling. Like I get to be here and she's like, so I'm just kind of working on some lighter things, right? So this is how we start the conversation that it's not crisis. It's not even like the big stuff. It just is like little stuff. And so immediately like the, my little like lightning rods are firing in the back of my head, like, okay, this will be interesting because a lot of the times when we think that we are about to go and work on something light, it oftentimes has something that is actually like deep seated and we're going to get into archetypes and symbols and all that. So she's like, okay, it bothers me that I've been through actually difficult things and things that are were really hard to get through. And now I'm frustrated with things like house paint. Okay. So she's telling me how she picked a certain color for her, for her kitchen. And now she doesn't like it. And so she's having like this buyer's remorse feeling. And she's like, and I feel so like, so 
dumb that this is the conversation that we're having in therapy. So I laughed because I know that everything has meaning. Everything is a symbol. And there's always an opportunity for us to use the light thing to go further into our work. So I asked her, what does the paint represent? What is your feeling of buyer's remorse? What's that feeling of maybe I can't trust myself to make a decision? Or that if I make a choice, I'm going to immediately regret it, resent it, and I'm somehow maybe addicted to this idea that I can't make good choices and I'm unhappy. Okay? What happens when the surface stuff actually exposes the bigger, deeper core beliefs? And how that connects back to our big whole story. See, this is the kind of the moment in therapy where I I love it when people walk in the door and they say, I've got nothing to talk about and there's nothing actually going on, um, but I showed up anyway. And then we talk about house paint and we actually realize that it's not about the paint. It was about this this brokenness and this feeling of, I don't know if I can trust myself to actually make decisions. And then when I make a decision, I feel like I didn't make the right one. And now what do I do with that? And now how do we repair that? And that's one of the reasons why I love the complex, nuanced work of therapy this idea that it's, it's not about the house paint. <laughs> it's not about what we see on the surface. It's, it's not about those little things that we wonder about or dissect or take apart. But that might be a way for us to ask questions like, what is this about? What else could this be about? When else have I felt like, ugh, I don't like that. I don't have power to, to change that. And what does that bring up, that idea of powerlessness? Or the feeling that um, I have to make these choices on my own. What does on my own feel like to you? And where else does that connect back to your story? Or what about buyer's remorse? What does that have to do with your story relationship-wise? See, everything is material. Everything is an offering on the therapy altar. This idea that we can use whatever, whatever we're willing to bring to mine for greater healing, compassion, awareness, and the ability to connect deeper into our story so that we can realize that it's not about the paint. This story also has to do with minimization. When we compare our own story to like previous times in our history, when we were going through quote unquote things that were hard, you guys, there isn't some like spreadsheet where we can qualify like where it hits on the bell curve of like what is difficult or what is not, or what's worthy of going to therapy or what is not. Everything is an opportunity. Everything matters. <laughs> Everything is a part of your experience. And remember, it's not about the house paint. It's about going deeper. So if you are like, ugh. I don't have anything to talk about, or none of this is relevant, or blah, 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 blah. Like, catch yourself. What are the things that you're minimizing in your story so you don't have to deal with them? If if you are having emotional responses to things in your life like paint, um, it's probably not about the paint, right? This happened to, to me this week as well, and I shared this with her. I was laughing. I'm like, oh, it's for me, it's like, it's like the car. It's like, oh, we have this car, but I, I don't love it. And now what I'd like to do is I'd like to obsess over the fact that I have it, and I'd like to look for something different. And I perpetually put myself in this grass is greener space, and, and I do it to myself, this repetition compulsion of if this, then that. 
well, if we can, if we had this this other car, then I I could call off the hunt, <laughs> you know. But but ultimately, if I'm honest, I'm actually just addicted to the hunt. I like the struggle. I like the the feeling of want and of wanting. That is something that I, by my own personality or by my own doing, I put myself there. So put that into your own story. Are there um, systems or things or experiences that you have had that you tend to put yourself back in? Like, oh, things don't work out for me. Or I'm unhappy. Or I'm... Um, I don't know what I don't know what it is for you. I'm just I just think that it's it's relevant for us to consider that maybe we repeat these things that seem meaningless and trivial when they're actually about the bigger parts of our story. Richard Rohr talks about this idea that what we are actually addicted to is the pattern of our own thinking. That what we actually have as far as addiction is is this series of setting ourselves up again and again and again to fight that same battle again and again and again, and usually without victory. Until we can put it back on the table and expose it for what it is and realize that it's not about the fucking house paint. And then if we can acknowledge that it's not that, then how can we pivot and start walking the other direction to realize that there is so much more going on here? And then if I can repair that and say, I can trust myself to make that decision. I made that decision in wholeness and from a place of awareness, and I don't need to pick up the guilt or the buyer's remorse after I've already bought the car. It's my car. I'm going to drive it, enjoy it, and have it. That's the kitchen paint. And you know what? Also, even if I don't like it, you know what I can do? Paint it again. Because you know what? I'm a free person. I'm allowed to change my mind. There's no mistake. There's no mistake here. Instead of beating myself up for always making a bad choice and always making the wrong decision and feeling like I'll never get it right. Do you hear all those compounding core beliefs that happen and feeling like I picked the wrong color paint? Instead, it's either, okay, yeah, totally, that paint's absolutely not working. I'm just going to go repaint it, minus the like self-inflicted abuse. So I hope this this story is jogging something or bringing something up for you in your own process. What are the things that bother you that feel mundane that probably aren't? And how can you look further into them so that you can gain some awareness and then do some work reparatively so that you don't have to keep repeating the same thing over and over? Okay, next person. Um, controversial, we're going to talk about medication. The idea of the stigma behind medication, if you're taking it, if you should take it, why you're not taking it, and all the things that happen when we're on the wrong medication and how to know if that's the case for us. Okay, so I'm working with this lovely woman and we are talking about, um, we're talking about anxiety and the breakthrough symptoms of anxiety being um, intrusive thoughts, um, obsessive thoughts, ruminating on things, going through like that pattern of, okay, did I do this? Did I do that? Did I do that? Okay. And getting into bed and then feeling like there's so many rushing thoughts, it's hard to like turn off your brain. And so then I kind of just did like a basic brief screening on like just again, anxious symptoms throughout the day and so forth. And then I asked her if she was on any medication and she said, yeah. Okay. And she so happened to be on anti-anxiety medication. And so I just simply observed that if you've already like committed to like your journey of wellness and you're already on medication, then your medication should be working for you and you should not have this level of breakthrough symptoms. It This was a pretty like small part of our conversation, but it was like massive light bulb for her. She's like, oh my God. Yeah. Yes. Right. Duh. Of course. Yeah. I've already taken medication. I shouldn't feel this damn anxious. So 
long short of it, um, we catch up a month or so later. She's gone back for a, a medication evaluation. She's changed her medication and she is feeling so much better. You guys, if you are taking medication, you should not have radical amounts of breakthrough symptoms. You should still not have that much impairment because otherwise, like, why are you taking the medication if it's not actually doing something for you? Now, this doesn't mean go off your meds, and this is why this is controversial. You need to go to a follow-up with a psychiatrist or someone who specializes in medication to talk about the symptoms that you're having so that way the medication you're on is actually effective for you. I don't recommend going only to your primary care physician. I do recommend going and doing a full psyche valve. There's also like genetic swabs that you can do. So you can do a DNA swab and you can find out which um, family of medication would actually be effective for you. So whether that's focusing on your serotonin, your norepinephrine, whatever, it's going to be all clinical, but it's, um, you can rule out pretty quickly what medications will be effective for you. And then you just tweak the dose. So again, always go to a person who specializes in this type of work. So that way you have the best answers and you don't spend forever chasing your tail around this idea of medication. Okay. So moral of this is if you're taking medication, it should be working. If you're not taking medication and you're like, ugh, why is Elise talking about this? This is weird or gross or not gross, but this is uncomfortable. People don't want to take medication, and I swear it is because of what they're called, antidepressants. People don't want to take antidepressants because of what they're called. If they were just called, like, neurotransmitter aids, like, there wouldn't be stigma around it because no one even knows what neurotransmitters are, and it would just be something that you knew that your brain chemistry needed and you'd take in the same way you would take diabetes medication because you need to level out your blood sugar. You guys, I'm so over the semantics and the words of things keeping people from getting the actual relief that they need. If your brain is needing something, please don't hesitate to go and get it. You wouldn't in any other case. If I told you, you guys, if you are suffering with the symptoms of like, I cannot get out of bed, I feel unmotivated, I feel unhappy, I feel like a, like a loss of like positivity in my life, I feel confused, I feel like I'm isolating, I feel sad most days, like I'm just low. That would qualify an appointment to go find out like, are these symptoms outside of a normal range for you? And is there medication available for you to take so that you don't have to hit this low every time or stay in that low, stay in that abysmal funk? Medication is not for everyone and it's also not for always. There are seasons of life where we might need medication in order to, for lack of better words, kind of reset that brain chemistry, build in the behavioral techniques that you learn in therapy in order to maintain that mindset that is allowing you to be you. Okay, medication doesn't make you superhuman. Medication is allowing you to be you, to be yourself. Uh, there's one season in my life I look back on specifically is after I had my second son, I had severe postpartum depression and didn't know it. That is the punchline of some awful joke. I'm a therapist. I just have my second child and I don't realize that I have postpartum depression. Because mental, mental health, mental illness is freaking subtle. Sometimes we don't even realize that we are depressed. I, this is me. I did that. I did not realize that I was experiencing depression because I was so deep in it. I couldn't even see what was going on. 
I absolutely wish that there I would have realized it or my doctor would have realized it and put me on antidepressants so it didn't have to linger that long. I wouldn't have needed to have been on medication forever from that event, but it would have really been beneficial during that season. Also, if medication would benefit me forever, then I sure as hell would take it because why wouldn't I give myself what I needed in order to function in my like best self and in my actual self? Okay, I can go on and on about medication. I know it's controversial and I feel like I'm probably going to get some feedback from this episode and that's okay. It's a really important conversation. There are a lot of types of medication available out there depending on the different symptoms that you're having. But if you're already on medication, then please make sure it's the medication that you need to be on and that you're, it's actually working for you. Sidebar, um, store your medication safely. Do not keep medication in little baggies in your purse. Do not keep medication um, available where children are. Medication needs to go either in some form of med safe um, or in childlike bottles, even if you don't have children. You might have nieces or nephews or kids' friends. You, who knows? But there are too many children that are able to have access to medication that is super dangerous for them. So, yeah, that's a public service announcement. Store your medication safely. Um, they have these cool little like pill boxes now that have alarms and they'll remind you like when to take them. And you have to actually put a code in so like your kid can't do it. Um, there's so many creative technology things out there that you can do to help you take this medication. Okay. Um, also, I don't, I, med, uh, yeah, the other things that maybe want to say controversially in regards to medication is this. Um, yes, there's holistic ways that you can try to um, heal and treat depression, anxiety, postpartum, bipolar, whatever it is ahead of time. And I'm not going to say bipolar. Um, without using medication? Absolutely. I always employ like the least restrictive environment first. So before we have the conversation about medication is as much behavioral intervention as possible. If people are absolutely anti-medication, no problem, unless the functional impairment is so severe that they are depressed and suicidal, anxious and suicidal, um, that they can't get out of bed, that they can't function in their life at that point. Like I can't co-sign the fact that they won't um, get the intervention that's necessary to help them so we can actually do the work of therapy. So with all that being said, yes, there's holistic intervention that you can try, exercise, diet, sleep, um, you can try a bunch of different things before medication, but if it gets so bad, um, the best way to have actual relief of these symptoms is at the same time medication and um, behavioral therapy intervention. So scientifically, the most effective thing you could do is if you're having any form of, of these, any of these symptoms is therapy plus medication. <laughs> okay, the Buddha. We're not the Buddha. This part of the story comes with another woman that I was working with this week and this quest and desire to have enlightenment now, like wanting to understand all the things, wanting to know all the things, wanting to achieve like perfect awareness of everything past, present, and future. I am totally dramatizing this interaction for the express purpose of there are moments where we want that like in our life or in our own journey, where if I could just figure this out then, if I, if I just knew this then, and, and if I could just have all of that awareness and understood how all these things tied in then, um, you guys, we're not the Buddha. Like we're not gonna have that form of enlightenment now because it's not the point. 
the point isn't enlightenment now. There's a poet, Rilke, a Rainer Maria Rilke, and what he says um, is, love the questions themselves. It's one of my all-time favorite quotes because it allows us just to enter into the journey itself, to love the questions themselves, not only seek out things for their answer, for that enlightenment, because you know what happens once it's answered? It's over. Like, like the journey ends, the, the quest is over, the odyssey is complete. When we can sit in the questions and in the searching and in the, in the longing, that is when things are produced within us and we realize that it is not about coming to conclusion, but about what is gleaned along the way. We're not the Buddha. That's not the point. The point is the journey. The point is the quest. The point are your fellow companions and travelers along the way. So if you feel like you are just out there wandering, trying to figure out like how all of this makes sense or fits into some like cosmic puzzle, stay in the wonder. Allow yourself to float in the gray a little longer. Don't feel like you're going to come to some like linear conclusion where all of the things are going to make sense forever. It's okay to journey. It's okay to wander. It's okay to not know. It's okay to sit in the mystery. It's okay to be in deconstruction. It's okay to learn from all those things. And yes, do we want closure and resolution and, and something to end? Absolutely. That's there in some form, in some way along the way, but don't miss the lesson. It's not about the paint, meds, and you're not the Buddha. <laughs> I hope this episode was amusing, informative, um, and allows you to enter into your own questions. If you were with me here today in the trailer, I would want to remind you to live all the things, <laughs> to do all the things, to ask all the questions, and to sit and love the questions themselves. To be aware of your own journey, to, to ask hard questions, to enter into like to, to deep thinking with other people that challenge you, challenge you, to think about controversial issues like medication, depression, anxiety, and what's going on in society. I wouldn't mind making you a little uncomfortable on the trailer talking to you about those things because I love you and it's cool. We can talk about hard things and even if we don't know have the words for them yet. I'd want to be able to talk about all the things with you because that's what it's about to not have to shy away from things because we're uncomfortable. There's nothing wrong with that. Being uncomfortable doesn't mean the conversation ends. <laughs> I'd want you to think about your own symbols and archetypes and what what the house paint represents and how you make decisions and what you think about yourself after you do that. I'd want to make room for all of your story. And I'd hope that you would do the same for you and others that you meet along the way. Remember this week, you guys, we're all sojourners. We're all figuring this thing out as we go along. So make room for yourself and make room for each other this week. And remember, check out my website. <laughs> and go to my website if you want to follow up or ask questions or get connected or write in for a listener letter episode. Um, I'd love to hear from you. Have a beautiful week, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.